Welcome back to the pod, everyone, and thanks for tuning in for foot's sake. You better believe I'm going to get my money's worth out of that pun. Anyways, let's get into the biggest news of the past couple weeks, which is uh, Newcastle getting taken over, uh, the financial takeover. Uh, British businesswoman Amanda Staveley has been looking to buy the club for probably going on three years now and uh, has finally found a partner to do so in a Saudi-backed group um, chaired by Mohammed bin Salman. So uh, needless to say, there's going to be a lot of money coming into that club and the possibility of them becoming you know, the next PSG or Manchester City is is looking pretty likely. Um, so let's get right into it. Will, uh, tell us what you think the future holds for Newcastle United. Well, it's going to be a process. And uh, I remember list watching Amanda Staveley's interview, and she said all the right things, taking things step by step. And um, I guess I, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, have they done their homework? Do they not? Do they make sure they don't end up like clubs like a QPR or Portsmouth or? Mm. Um, Blackburn Rovers, things like that. So she said the right things, but right. Um, I think it's gonna, you know, it's gonna be in stages. I think right now the first step is gonna be make sure they stay in the Premier League because mm-hmm. they are they're down there. Yeah, they're right now in the relegation zone and uh, yet to have a win so far this season. So, so yeah, that's that's gonna be probably the key objective. And in order to do that, it's probably gonna be. Go for the manager because let's face it. Right, right. Steve Bruce is what under Steve Bruce the last couple of years. I think they finished twelfth and thirteenth place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're always like just above the relegation zone generally, or or lower mid table. But yeah, they haven't they haven't really been able to get uh, into those at least Europa League positions, which is you know what they would be aiming for. So I think right now it's just survival, and then because right. I think Aston Villa were in a similar situation where they just you know. Uh-huh. I remember that season. They spent like the whole time in the basement, but then last day managed to get out. And then you saw what happened. They were able that's to build right. on that. So that's probably what I think they're they're looking at. But at the moment, let's be honest. Steve Bruce is he's on borrowed time. Mm. And after today's game, I don't think that's gonna. Yeah. No. They uh, aside from that early goal, they looked pretty just lifeless against Tottenham. Didn't have much to say once Tottenham got their goals. But also the amounts of uh, players that we'll probably see leaving that have, you know, probably seen their time at the club uh, come and go. Uh, who do you think are some of the some of the players that are, are going to be part of the team going forward? And who are the ones who, who are definitely probably seeing their way up? Well, for one, staying, I, Alan Sam Maximan. He's pretty much yeah. the only, like, real creative spark they got. Mm-hmm. Callum Wilson, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be an asset. Mm. Um, Miguel Almiron, I think he's someone who could probably benefit from a different manager. Yeah, yeah, he's looked good so far. And I'd say Jamal Lascelles. I don't think he's going to immediately get you know shipped on. I think he'll slowly along the way once they start getting better players. So I think those are the players. Oh, oh yeah, and Joey Willock. He just got there, and he's a young guy. He's, right, right, right. He's shown that he's, I think, what was it, when he was on loan last season, when he got loaned mm-hmm. out from Arsenal, he scored like seven goals. Yeah, he was great last so, season. Mm-hmm. Still a young guy, and I think, you know, th- th- him and Almiron, I think if they get the right right manager, they'll benefit. And honestly, as far as, like, leaving, well, one player already comes to mind, Joel Linton. Yeah, yeah. Ever since he, he's been bought, it's been, like, nothing but underwhelming, I think it's fair to say. But yeah, I could see him, guys like uh, Matt Ritchie, the Longstaff brothers. Well, you know, I take that back. Maybe the younger one might get a chance, uh-huh. but everyone else, I mean, let's be real. Who? I made a joke with my friends earlier. I was like, let's be real. Three fourths of that team's not going to be there next season. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like uh, 
the guy got sent off today, John Joe uh, Shelby, who's uh, always had a temper. He got like two yellows in like a couple of minutes this this past game. But um, you know, he's kind of I'd say he's in limbo because he can play he can play some pretty good balls. But like you just said, that temper thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, is, will a manager come in and say, you know, maybe I can do something with this, or say, you know what, I'm just get that attitude exactly, out of here. Exactly. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. As far as players coming in, we've seen them linked to to Anthony Martial so far and a couple other ones, but uh, it looks like maybe they're going to start picking from uh, the guys who aren't getting enough playing time from their other clubs. I'm laughing at because when you mentioned uh, players linked to them, like on Twitter, everyone went crazy and thought this was going to be a real-life FIFA, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, realistically, that like, like you said, Anthony Martial, that sounds like that's the type of signings they'll go for, players who will definitely be a step above what they've got. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they can realistically bring to the club to make sure they survive and kind of slowly get them up to that next level. Score some goals, finally. Exactly. Yeah. One of the uh, matches of the week really was Manchester United uh, versus Leicester. It ended 4-2 uh, to Leicester. But, uh, man, if you guys didn't watch it, definitely be worth going back and watching the highlights. The first two goals in particular are goal of the season contenders, in my opinion. Um but yeah, we've seen um, Leicester, who have struggled really at the beginning of the season, really start to play their way into it. And Manchester United, on the other hand, really starting off strong with Cristiano Ronaldo and then kind of looking very uh, just uh, boring and, and not doesn't have a lot of ideas, I guess. Um, I don't know. What do you want to start with first? And Leicester is... Let's start with Leicester. Yeah. Well, you know what? They've had a kind of a bumpy start. Yeah, and to be fair, they had they've had you know had some injuries. I think they still got some players out. Yep. You yep. know Wesley Fofana being the big one, mm-hmm. and I believe um, Johnny Evans. This was his first game back from. So yeah, games. I mean they've they've dealt with some injuries, and I think Madison had been dealing uh, dealing with some as well. So he's kind of always does. Yeah, yeah, that is the story <laughs> of him. But I, I think we all know that okay, Leicester have the quality. They've had some bad luck with injuries, but I think once as the players are coming back, you see. This is the Leicester we know, the Leicester that can punch above their weight, break mm-hmm. into that top six and maybe that top four. But um, credit to them, they did. They looked. They met, they managed to get a big, a well needed result right now. Yeah, it was a big win for them. More, uh, more of a Leicester win or more of a Manchester United loss? You know, <laughs> it's got to be a mixture of both because, I mean, I've said that, and I'm standing by this. You know. Under Solskjaer, they're not going to go far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that was because you think about it. Let's say Thomas Tuchel, someone who knows how to make those in game changes. Right. I think somewhere along the way, he would have changed things up to make sure that they, you know, they, they walk away at three points or draw at worse. Yeah, that was one, one really kind of confusing thing watching the game is Manchester United equalized 2 2 at one point in the game. And literally from the next kickoff, uh, Lester scored again to go ahead 3-2, and Solskjaer just had a blank lick on his face. Like, had no idea what to do, what any changes to make. And I could only imagine um, a Thomas Tuchel in that position would be up and down the sidelines yelling oh, at somebody, you know, setting somebody <laughs> straight. Um, but, yeah, there just really looks like to be a, a lack of life and, and belief in that team, which has all the the, the, oh, the building blocks to, to win the league even. Um so, yeah, you know, I, I'll admit I, I thought it was kind of harsh going that hard on Solskjaer at the beginning of the season, but um, I'm starting to come around. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, I'll just say this. Um, he'll probably end up going, going on one of those lucky runs where he just gets the results, get the results, mm. get the results. Just enough the, to keep his job. Exactly. Yeah. 
But then again, the luck could dry, it couldn't dry out this year because, I mean, you think about it. You got some teams up there this time around that look, I mean, Chelsea look better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liverpool, they've got, you know, most of their players back. Yeah, man, they yeah they had a huge 5-0 win over this past weekend. Too. And then if, yeah, and then if Leicester, if they can get back to form, mm-hmm. somewhere along the way, you're going to be, you know. Someone's going to have to drop out of that. Exactly. Time, yeah. And then, well, I can't really say Tottenham because they're kind of like hot and cold. Yeah, they're kind of in limbo right now. But, you know, it's just if those results, you know, even if he goes on that good run and they're still like find themselves out of, you know, just barely hanging on to that top four or on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. How much longer is he realistically going to stay? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, speaking of which, we uh, let's let's do a thing here. There's a couple of uh, speaking of that, a couple coaches on the chopping block. Um, so let's just take a gander at who might go first. Um, most of them are from Premier League, but I'm going to throw Ronald Koeman in there too. But between Mikel Arteta, Nuno Espirito Santo, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and Ronald Koeman, who do you think is the the most likely to uh, to lose their job first? Ooh, um, honestly, I would go with Nuno. Mm. I mean, because let's be real, I think Arteta's safe. Like the people upstairs at Arsenal made it clear they're just sticking with him. Um, I think Solskjaer is kind of sort of in that same bracket. Yeah. And um, well, I guess we know Steve Bruce is probably the first one to be out, but we'll we'll put that aside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Kuman, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, I've been here. It sounds like it's like back and forth. Like he's on on one minute he's gone, the next they're gonna stick with he him. He kind of has that Solskjaer thing going on where he just loses a, a certain amount of games to where the board gets mad at him, and then right when he's about to get fired, he'll <laughs> he'll pull a couple games out of his hat. Yeah. So realistically, I say I say Nuno because although they got the result today against Newcastle, mm-hmm. it wasn't really convincing. I mean, remember they they conceded first. Yeah, yeah. He was, he's also the one who's been hired the latest too. So I feel it was so harsh to fire Nuno this early. But Tottenham really, today aside, have have not looked. So yeah, wildly. the the first three games, I mean, they won, but. It was mm-hmm. they weren't convincing wins, and then dropped the next three, I believe, and then are, got back to winning ways today. So it's obviously finding their consistency, um, and uh, under a new coach, that's to be expected, especially with the way Harry Kane's come into the season, kind of you know half playing, half not. He did get his first Premier League goal today, um, but yeah, Nuno could could be on the chopping block. I, I I hope not for his sake. I think he's a good coach, and, and he should be given some time, but. Who knows? Any one of the, you know, as me as a Barca person, I'm, I'm going to say cooming out at this point. But um, yeah, you know, especially with their financial situations at the time, I think they're not wanting to pay off a manager who who's not even with the club. They're probably just going to let his contract, you know, pay him out through his contract. But yeah, we'll see, I guess. Bet you Barcelona's wishing they would have uh, come stumbled across that type of money. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to be calling uh, Mohammed bin Salman here, looking for a loan. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, uh, let's talk about Edward Mendy's game because uh, Chelsea kind of just narrowly squeaked out a one nil win at Brentford, um, thanks to another great volley from Ben Chilwell. But man, towards the end of the game, when it was all one way uh, traffic in, in Brentford's favor, and Mendy came up with some huge saves. I mean, that's just, it's its pretty impressive. I mean, I, I love these type of stories. I think, what was it, not too long ago, he was in an unemployment line in uh, France. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to be where he's at right now is it's impressive. Um, 
that was just that was that was a performance. Um, I that's that's a world that that's a, you know that that gets thrown around a lot. The whole world class tag, but yeah, yeah. I mean, not just that. I mean, that game definitely. But he's had other games where he's just done those type of saves. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 unbelievable. And then of course, I think his Senegal teammates, um, Sadio Mane and uh, Kaladu Koulibaly, came out and said, you mm-hmm. know, it's a shame that he's not. In that Ballon d'Or, um, you know, at least the not, you know, what the nomination, uh-huh, yeah, that shortlist, and it's like, you know, you think about it, it's like, why Champions not? Champions League winner, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Who else can you really say is like above him right now as a goalkeeper? As far as current form goes, yeah, it, it's it's hard to pick one. Exactly, and yeah. then just uh, and then I think I, be, I believe I think it was Kaylor Navas who said that goalkeepers realistically should have their own little. They really should have their own category. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. but he's he's been amazing. I mean, he you can see the difference he makes back there. I mean, it's just not not just the big frame, but just you know he's a commanding presence. He's mm-hmm. just. He seems to be constantly t- talking back and forth with his back back line, and th- and that that's what you that's what a back line wants a goalkeeper they can trust because like okay if they make that odd mistake you'd be like okay we've got the goalkeeper mm-hmm. and he's just he seems like he's that trusting person yeah yeah and I've when Chelsea told Petr Cech go out and find us a goalkeeper to replace Kepa and he came back with Edward Mendy a name I'd never heard before I was like are he's this is the guy is <laughs> like we we could have gone out and got one of the biggest names but man. He check knows how to scout him. That's for sure. I'll never doubt the man again. Oh uh, yeah, I mean he's he's a former goalkeeper. He yeah, I guess he knows the game. He knows in terms doing. of uh, goalkeepers, but yeah, yeah. And um, Mo Salah is kind of back to his uh, original Liverpool days uh, goal scoring form. You know, past couple of weeks, he's had two really yeah kind of just crazy messy like almost goals or twinkle toes type of thing. Um, but yeah, how dangerous are Liverpool when when Mo Salah is on his game? I mean, they're up there. I mean, that's so. This is why I never really put Liverpool in that title bracket is because, like you just said, you know Mo Salah in particular, but also you know Sadio Mane. If those two, you know, they've got an Af- there's an African nation, Cup of Nations coming up. Yeah, if those two go. Mm-hmm. Who do they turn to? Right. So I mean, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. D- there's no doubting uh, Mohamed Salah. He's. He, he's. He's definitely. He, he's. He's in that bracket as well. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think his contract's winding down. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been some Real Madrid links. In fact, there's been a link uh, I saw of Real Madrid trying to offload Hazard in a swap deal <laughs> with oh, Mo Salah. But um, I'm sure that's all speculation at this point. But yeah, he's definitely uh, in this form has some club circling and with his contract negotiation issues. Yeah, plot twist. Newcastle comes into the picture. Oh man! I mean, you think about it. He's (laughs) he's won a Champions League. He's won the Premier League. Yeah, I think his focus now is probably going to be more so on um, international, trying to do something with Egypt. Mm -hmm. So I mean, they're willing to shell out the money for the wage bill. It it could it'd be possible. And then you know what? Salah is what twenty nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, do you think really think Madrid's going to go for a twenty nine year old, um, especially when they're focused on Mbappe? That's true. And they just kind of made a very similar mistake with Hazard when he was probably twenty eight or something. To be fair, Salah does take care of himself. Hazard has <laughs> always kind of just winged it yeah. with his talent. And now, yeah. so, but it, like you said, I mean, it's just one of those long term things. Which you know, if I were Real Madrid, 
I'd be thinking, yeah, go with Mbappe. I mean, and hope he turns out like a Benzema or a Ronaldo. Uh-huh. But we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, if I were Liverpool, I'd be figuring out how to nail him down. Yeah, for sure. The um, the uh, over-under for the week, I'm going to go. We can pick a team or a player who's over-underachieving. I'm going with uh, Tangate Ndombele from Spurs, who uh, ever since moving, uh, I believe, from somewhere in France. I'm blanking on it Leon. right now. Leon? Okay, thank you. Um He's been kind of never really f- found his place at Spurs, especially under Jose Mourinho. He was, you know, one of those players just like uh, like Deli Alley, who was kind of cast out uh, by Mourinho, um, and honestly hadn't had a great uh, start to the season under under Nuno. But he's been getting some some chances now, and today he looked fantastic. And um, I just think the guy deserves some credit. He's had a rough start, and he I think could be potentially one of the one of the great talents of the Premier League when he's uh, when he's on his game. It's a good shout. Um, he's always been a talented player. It's just his problem is he's just not he's not a runner. He's not a worker. Mm-hmm. Hence, I don't know if you remember the stories. Um, I think this was during like the initial part of the pandemic. Um, Mourinho basically took him to the park and was trying to get him to do some more running. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But it's just... <laughs> I'm it, looking it, to like, a fly in the wall in that scenario. <laughs> but it's just, you know, players like that, I think you just got to be, I mean, you got to acknowledge that. They're not going to be someone who's going to be up and down, up and down, up and down the pitch. Right. You got to kind of facilitate with them or kind of work a de- cut a deal with them, you know, like to try and let them play their game but also play your game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's a talented player. Without kind of a doubt. similar to Dele Alley in that way, which he's he doesn't go much up and down, but he he has really great technical ability. And exactly. Stuff. So we'll see if both of them end up having a spot at Spurs or not. But that remains to be seen. You have any uh, any over underachievers this week? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, you know what? I think with under, I will see. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll go with it. Leads. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, yeah, they they did well yet um, last season. They impressed, but at the same time, I think they've become predictable, really. Yeah. And I mean, initially, it's funny how I said Brighton. You know, they were they were in my top three. See, I'm not letting mm. myself live that down. <laughs> but um, and they're in my bottom three to get relegated. But right. they're they sit at fourth right now. Right, fourth, which I mean, fourth. who would have guessed that? Credit to them. Yeah. But Leeds, you know, they just. Sitting right above the relegation zone right now. Like I said, I think they just become predictable. I mean, you know, Marcelo Bielsa, he's not going to change anything up. He's gonna—he's mm-hmm. one of those managers who's going to live and die by his philosophy. Right. And right. it's just, you know, let's say Newcastle, you know, they get in a new manager, they turn things around. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go down. <laughs> they could be in that conversation. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So we had one other derby match uh, this weekend uh, in the Premier League. It was Aston Villa against Wolves. Uh, kind of a, a, not a tale of two halves, but um, a kind of crazy comeback. Aston Villa got off to a 2-0 lead, and then in the last, uh, I think, 11 minutes of the game, Wolves came back uh, with three goals to win the match 3-2, um, especially on the very last play of the game was a free kick that got deflected, uh, like a huge deflection that won the game for them. Um, so, you know, pretty heart-wrenching for Villa fans, but uh, Wolves have been badly in the need of a win. So uh, what do you think about this one? Yeah, like you said, they needed it. I mean, and to be fair, they're kind of sort of like Crystal Palace, you know, maybe not as much with players, but manager. What was uh, the manager's name? Bruno Lodge? 
Yeah, I think that's his name. So he um, he came in, had it, had to kind of just. He was kind of unlucky too. I think he um, they had a bad start, but slowly you can look at it now. Things are coming together, and they're not a bad team at all. They're not. No. And I think you know they're a little bit di- under Lodge. They're a little bit different uh, than Nuno. A little bit more. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, they've got they've got a team, and I think you know looking at that tenth, it's not a bad place for them right now. Aston yeah. Villa. They're not a bad team either. I think that was just one of those, like I said, it was a derby. I mean, mm-hmm. and clearly Wolves wanted it more, and that's that's pretty interesting. I mean, that's I always love a comeback. Do you feel like Wolves really turned it on in the last minutes, or is it just that Essenville's defense collapsed? You know, there's, um, I'm going a bit of a tangent here, but Tyrone Mings, who's gotten called up to England a couple times, has gotten a lot of hype, but he's got a lot of mistakes in his game. Too. You know, that's always been the story. I mean, I think about the Chelsea game in particular. He kind of died that day. Oh, that's right. He gave away. A huge and then, game. yeah, like you said, he does. I mean, he's he's not he's not a terrible defender by any means, but. I, I get where you're going at. Is he really an international level defender? Because right. on those big stages, you got to, especially as a defender, mm-hmm. there's very little room for error. And um, I just, I, I, I know where you're getting at. I mean, not a bad defender, but when you're talking about those big stages, he's probably not it. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, guys. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to send us those emails, as always, the email is for footsakepod at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media with your questions at forfootsakepod. Uh, and as always, hit that like and subscribe on YouTube. That really helps the podcast out. Uh, thank you. We love you. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.